Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey Why do you have tape over your microphone? Because uh, this was the same microphone that I've been using all this time, and the S's and the uh, F sounds come out very sharp. So I figured, let me try this. And it actually seems to have been working pretty well. We're doing a, uh, a themed episode, which is not something that I normally do on this show, but I wanted to do it. So fuck you, here it is. And this is a this is a this is an episode about comics and on this episode uh i was obviously very unprepared and did not uh ask jason how to pronounce his last name jason how do you pronounce your last name it's gurin okay gurin it's it's just how it looks man yeah like like as in gurin lager a lot of times i get called the uh, billy gurin from the uh, uh from the devil's days in the 90s but oh. it's, without the, it's without the e so it's gurin nice well, see, that reference is lost on me. I only know the, the devils from this year. I and and uh Bruce Driver for some reason. Yes. Anyway. So that's Jason Gurin that, that's just been talking. And uh we also have Keith Bliss, who Hello. is over here, who has uh who has been on the show several times in the past. And uh we're happy to have him back uh after his uh waking up from his nap three minutes ago. <laughs> My mini coma. Mini coma. And we're all so happy to be here. See, the thing is, we're supposed to do this show, like, what, two weeks ago? But at the last minute, I went to Game 7 of the Rangers-Devils playoffs in the round in round one. So I was like, oh, no problem. We'll just do it the next day. And I think for the next however many days, mm -hmm. approximately two weeks... Everyone, well, at least one person was like, I can't do it. And now we're here, and uh, allergies and exhaustion has gotten the better of all of us, and we're ready to do a show. Yeah, we could have done it last night, but somebody had to go to a hockey game that a team lost. But we're not going to mention John's name. <laughs> You're making it mm -hmm. sound like I like hockey or something. I could maybe, allegedly. Yeah, yeah I don't know, man. Anyway, so um, I guess... The, the way that here's here's how I stay on par with the show. <laughs> Aside from a from a few questions that I came up with, I, I actually don't have anything prepared, but this popped into my head while I look for these questions. Uh, I guess starting with Jason, let's talk about how did you like get into comics and all that stuff? Talk about anything Marvel, DC, and other. So uh, I started when I was around seven, and this was due to the Transformers and G.I. Joe craze at the time. Nice. I was way into the toys, you know, everybody was at that time, and uh, there was comics out there that had our favorite characters on them, and we went out there and just started reading those, and, um, you know, the ads, the Mar Marvel just did such a great job of their advertising there that, you know, you wanted to read their other books, and I branched out and started to get into the X-Men and Spider-Man and... I have just not stopped reading since. I've, you know, we'll be 46 years old and I've been reading comics since I was seven and I just can't stop. <laughs> it's and, fun. <laughs> and, and absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Keith. Sir. How did you get into comics and all that? 
I I couldn't tell you exactly. I think it was something to the effect of um, my friends have been talking about it, some kids I went to school with, and then I just kind of like stumbled upon it. Mm -hmm. And growing up, I lived near, and I'll date myself because we're old, a Kmart that I could walk to and they had comic books on sale. They weren't necessarily always like the current uh -huh. comic books, but they had a small rack. And I kind of got into it that way. And then as I grew up, I kind of progressed from being the, the typical 90s, I love X-Men, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of branching out from there because everybody gets exposed to X-Men, Spider-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, GoBots, all that crap. They're all a comic book and cartoon or vice versa at some point or another. I mean, hell, uh -huh. you get Thundercats comic books. So I kind of started from there and just kind of kept going and going. And um, I took a break in the early thousands just because after the 90s, anybody who went through the comic book craze in the 90s, by uh -huh. the time you hit 2000, it was like, oh, I need a break. It's like a bad relationship. And then I, yeah. I started getting back into it. Um, God, how long has it been? 10 years ago or so, or a little bit ago. longer. And then um, from there, I kind of just been in and out of it for the last handful of years, just because online, like the 90s, they have a bajillion comic books of everything. I'm just kind of, you know, like I pick my poison now. I'm at that age of my life where it's like, I know I like this character, this character, this character, and I don't like this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And if you've been reading comic books long enough, you start to see them recycle storylines like Marvel's oh, okay. doing right now and DC likes to reboot their universe every year or so. Uh -huh. I'm I'm such a comic book fan. I have tattoos of superheroes. Um, my right side of my body is DC. The left side of me is Marvel. So I'm very much oh, well. a 50-50 yeah. kind of character. The reason why I have DC is I like the mystical side of DC whereas I like the mutant side of Marvel. The Mystical side of Marvel is finally catching up to DC, oh. but for a long time, it was one for one, one for the other. Oh. You know? And they had characters, obviously, for both. Like, you know, you have your Doctor Stranges, your Scarlet Witches, and so on and so forth for Marvel. But DC has this whole pantheon of mystical characters that they really kind of like to dig into. And I know everybody will say, but they have Thor. Like, that that's awesome. Cool. You have Thor. Meanwhile, we have 74 yeah. mystical characters over here. You have, like, a dozen here so that's why yeah. I, how i kind of pick my poisons i mean yeah there's like thor and doctor strange and um others that are See? mystical if yeah I, I mean if i put you on the spot that name 10 mystical marvel characters you could do it listen but it's definitely one of those like shit is so and so mystical i think so maybe if, if you put me on this if you put me on the spot to tell you what today's date is, I wouldn't be able to do it. So that that's that's not really saying a whole lot. I'm sorry, Jason, you were saying? I said you might have to use the old Google machine to figure that one out. What other uh, mystical marvel? The Google machine. Well, so my background in uh, in comics is pretty much when I was growing up, I was, uh, I was uh, seven years old in 1990, and that's when the Marvel cards came out. The... The all-powerful, omnipresent Marvel cards that were just like, it was the craze. It was the craze of my school. Everyone had these cards, and, uh, you know, I would collect them just because I thought they looked cool. I didn't know what the hell they were. I didn't know that they were comic book characters. I was just like, Marvel cards. 
cool. And then it was like Silver Surfer, Hologram, Magneto, Wolverine. And I'm like, they all look really cool. And it wasn't until years and years and years later that I realized, hey, these people, these characters have comic book storylines. And you can find them on the now available Marvel Unlimited comic book app. And there are very few comics that you can't find on that, but it doesn't stop me from collecting hard copies. I go to my uh, to my local comic shop, or much to my fiance's uh, chagrin, whenever we're on vacation, I make sure to find the local comic shop. And I'm like, you can come with me or not. I'm going to the comic shop because, hey, man, I, I I gotta be me. This is who I am. So, yeah, and and I've uh, I've amassed a I want to I don't want to say like an enormous collection, but I have I have a few stacks, you know, like a a big a big box intended for comic books, and it's full of comic books. So you know that, and I have uh I don't use my my dresser for clothes. I I, <laughs> I, I use a couple of, a couple of those drawers for comics. Every every now and again. I sort through my comics and I just I get rid of the ones that I know I'm never going to read that have absolutely no meaning. And uh yeah, that's kind of how I get into it and it's really cool because people who don't know anything about it, they all say why do you read comics that's so childish? It's so like, oh, you know, you're you're well, I was, you know, in my mid 30s at the time, now I'm 40. <clears throat> and I'm like, if you've ever read any of these any of these systems, my my uh, preferred decades are the 60s through the 80s and you know like so i guess that was before the stories had really started to repeat like you said keith and uh you know i read i sit down and read a comic book i i actually don't have a lot of time to sit down and read a comic book so i've only gotten through like i don't know whatever a bunch of them but not not near all of the ones that i have and it's always like these stories are really creative and they're really cool. And there's like, it, you, you want to find out what happens next. And it's not just cartoons made for children. It's, you know, there's thought put into it. And I, and I really appreciate that. And that is my history of the comic books. And uh, now that we've gotten that over with, I'm going to start going around the table again. And I guess I'll start with Keith this time, just to just to keep it fresh. There you go. Although you kind of did answer this question, but I wonder if you have uh, a bit more of a detailed answer when I ask you this. Okay. Do you prefer DC or Marvel? Uh, it depends. Okay. As I was saying, it kind of... Depending on which mood I'm in. So, the mystical supernatural, blah, blah, blah... I gravitate more toward DC just because they do flush the stories out a little bit better. Don't get me wrong. I, I have the last two or three years of Dr. Strange completely, you know, end to end. Mm -hmm. So I, I do like a good Dr. Strange. Uh, I, I like how he's had a bit of a renaissance with his movies mm -hmm. and they definitely put a little bit more of a, a modern spin on him. He's still, the arrogant Doctor Strange, but he's not <laughs> as well. He's not as bad as he used to be. 
uh, and they've explored, they've actually gone back and kind of flushed out more of the magical universe. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a cool perspective. Um, I, I definitely prefer the comic book iteration of Doctor Strange opposed to the movie iteration of Doctor Strange because mm -hmm. he's just not nearly anywhere strong as he is in the comic books. Oh, and yeah. This is one of those things that's it's sort of like when you talk to a person who loves books, who watches a movie, mm -hmm. you're like, it's so much better in the book. Well, it's the same thing with the MCU. You watch Doctor Strange or Gardens of the Galaxy or any of these movies, and it's okay. And it's because they've cherry-picked little nuggets of these characters. Mm -hmm. But you go back and read the comic book, and you see how the character got to that point. Instead of, you know, just seeing, you know, Doctor Strange all of a sudden be able to use his hands. Well, he's literally been trying to do this for X number of decades, mm -hmm. and it was only purely by accident, per se, that he finally bit the bullet and tried a forbidden spell, and it almost didn't work, but thankfully it did. So it's kind of one of these things where in the, the movies, you'll see him just be like, practice, 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 do something stupid, all of a sudden he can, it fixes whatever he's doing, you're like, well, shit, why yeah. didn't he do that from the beginning? Well, if you've read the comic books, you know why he hasn't done it from the beginning. And they had an entire run of Doctor Strange where Wong had been hiding the truth from Strange about all the um, repercussions of using the spells. Mm -hmm. There was the, the Cult of Strange, and basically every time Doctor Strange cast one of his crazy spells, depending on what the collateral damage was to himself it was transferred to somebody in this cult. He never knew that. Wong kept it hidden. So he was really wreaking havoc on some individuals that he never knew about because he just figured he's a Sorcerer Supreme and mm. nothing's ever going to face him. But when you know the check comes due, to quote a line from his movies, he realizes, like, holy shit, this is what's happening. And Wong's like, yeah, this is all this stuff. This is everything that's happened to all these other people. This is the collateral damage. But again, you don't see that in the movies. So it's nice to kind of see it flushed out in the comic books. If I'm more of like a techie kind of guy, I have two characters. I have Iron Man and I have Cyborg. Um, Steel is a good character as well. Uh -huh. I just never really got into the Steel character after the death of Superman. He was a, a newer character from the 90s. I've always been those two. So I have my characters from each camp and it just really depends on the type of story I'm looking at. Not to go on like a random rant cool uh well it definitely was not a random rant it was it, it answered the question uh but yeah i know the dr strange thing uh if if i am recalling correctly because i might not be in the original original run of dr strange it's like the, the first appearance and then like there was some note on the fourth issue that dr strange was in that said oh you guys have all been asking for an origin story and that's where the first origin story was told about how he was a doctor and then he lost use of his hands and he sought out the all-powerful uh, whatever the, the 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 guy was and uh the ancient how, one the was it the ancient one i think so yeah <laughs> and and then yeah that's how that happened and you know so cool jason the question is do you prefer dc or marvel I am definitely a Marvel boy when it comes to comics, but I, I do enjoy some DC stories. 
maybe I've been reading the wrong uh, mysticism ones, but mostly with DC for me, it's Batman. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's my guy when it comes to DC. I've dipped my toes here and there with some other ones. You know, I've, I've read like Animal Man, Flash here and there, okay. Superman every now and then as well. But for some reason, I just gravitate more towards the Marvel characters. I mean, I don't know, just something about Spider-Man and the X-Men when I was a kid. And it just, as I say to people, like, oh, you're still kind of reading the same stuff. I'm like, well, you know, some people watch soap operas and they get involved in the story. and They can't stop. I'm like, I can't stop. I just need to know what happens next with some of these characters. And <laughs> some of the storylines over the year have been terrible. And I've been stick with them anyway. And just hey, keep there you go. <laughs> there it is. Um, as for me... I'm going to say I probably uh, prefer Marvel over DC. And aside from my, you know, like the Marvel cards and then, you know, me getting into the comics because of it, when Marvel really, uh, you know, like got started as we know it today, it was the early 1960s and DC was in their really campy stage. Like, I think that was from like, the mid-50s until, like, the late 60s, where DC just made a mockery of Batman and Superman and Joker and, you know, like, all of their most popular characters. They made them dumb, stupid. I mean, and if, if you don't agree with me, please forgive me, but Joker originally was, like, this violent character that people were legitimately afraid of and then suddenly he just became more of like an annoying prankster and uh they watered him down yeah oh they they didn't water him down they like neutered him they, they like changed him yeah they 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 like basically redesigned his character uh and the same with superman and batman like they all used to be like dark and violent and then all of a sudden it was more like adam west makes jokes so um of the times yeah in 1961 which was when you know marvel really kind of started to get going they were going in response to i i think what was happening as far as you know what what was allowed to be put in a comic book and they basically just they gave the characters human problems and I thought that was really cool, where, like, all of the superheroes, they were uh, stopped by their own conscience. They're like, oh, well, I could do this, but I'm not going to because I'm a hero. And really the message was, what, what kind of message would this be sending to children? But, you know, in the universe itself, I thought it was really cool that heroes like... The Thing and Spider-Man and, you know, like, whoever. Even Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange had a house and there was an there was an issue where, like, he couldn't pay the rent. I'm like, you're a fucking sorcerer. And you're, you have a problem. You're getting magic you money. Like, literally, like, yeah, proof money. You can't pay the rent. Um, but I thought, I think that that's, like, it's cool that they do it that way. And, um, and uh, th this is... This is the reason that I prefer Marvel over DC. Now, I'm going to tell you something about DC. Why I, in some instances, I prefer DC. And that's because in the beginning, in the origins of, like, Superman and Batman, th those characters, man, they were, like, merciless. 
and they would just go and they would throw cars off the side of the highway and do like really dangerous shit to serve the comic story. You and, see Batman uh, with a gun. I'm sorry. You saw Batman with a gun early on. He literally had a yeah. gun. Yeah, yeah, he had a gun, <laughs> so, man. It's so and, against everything that he uh, stands for now. Yeah, the, the it's funny that you mentioned the gun, though, because they brought that back in Flashpoint because it wasn't Bruce Wayne as Batman in the, the Flashpoint universe. It was yeah, his it was father. Yeah, and he used the gun. Mm -hmm. He picked up the gun from. He, he beat the, the guy to death that killed his son, and then took his gun and mm -hmm. became Batman. That's fun. Yeah, oh, isn't it? Yeah, um, but yeah. I, I would say that the Marvel Universe is probably closer to my heart than the DC Universe. And the DC Universe is just a lot of fun because of the violence in the beginning for the first uh, five to seven years or so. Maybe maybe ten years. Uh, so that's me. And that takes care of the DC or Marvel. Now the next question we'll give to Jason first. Who is your favorite character that's hero and villain from both universes? Overall so, for me. So so four answers total. If you if you have an answer. Oh uh, yeah, I do. Uh -huh. <laughs> so for for me, uh for Marvel, it's definitely Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. you know, earlier, just you know, and the way you said it before, you just connect with their problems. And Peter's always had so many problems and you can relate to a lot of them. It's just like as a human being, you're like, I may not have spider powers, but I definitely yeah. understand what he's going through sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you can put that with uh, Batman when we were kids. We were like, oh, you know, I mean, he's he's human. I mean, we could be like him too. Mm -hmm. You know, we just have to be rich, you know? <laughs> so that's the only thing we really need to be Batman. And, uh -huh. you know, now as an adult, I think there's a better chance of me having superpowers. So. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, definitely overall Spider-Man for me. And, uh, you know, Batman in the DC universe as well. Mm -hmm. And then villain-wise for Marvel, it's got to be Magneto for me. I mean... Ooh, that's a good one. Just, you know, his whole journey. I mean, coming out in the 60s, he was just kind of like villain, you know? And mm. as the years have gone on, you've seen his relationship with uh, Charles Grow, and you've seen him become more of a hero. He's led X-Teams, and he's, you know, I don't want to be a spoiler for what's going on currently in the X-Men's comics, but, um, you know, hopefully he'll be back again soon. <laughs> that's all I'll say on that front. Mm -hmm. And for the DC villain, I, I don't know if we're going to call him a villain or not, but for me, it's Lobo. I mean, I guess he's like an anti-hero, but okay. I don't know, something about Lobo, man. He just, Lobo. he cracks me up <laughs> ever since the beginning. I don't know. I know a lot of people will say that, you know, he started off differently and then he became kind of a Wolverine, look, uh, mm -hmm. the answer to Wolverine for the uh, DC universe in the 90s. But right. as like a 14-year-old boy, that disconnected with us and we loved our Lobo comics. And well, I'll still go, go yeah. them up whenever they come in. All right. Awesome. Keith? What was the question again? The question is, who is your favorite character, both hero and villain, in both DC and Marvel Universe? God, that's a hard one. Well, you can. You don't have to give a definitive answer. You can talk about why you like, you know, whatever characters. So, ironically enough, mm -hmm. I have a cosmic tattoo on my leg. So it's funny that you bring this up. It has Galactus, Thanos, Darkseid, and the Phoenix Force. And wow. they're all cosmic level threats. Uh -huh. But at the same time, they get beat by the dumbest shit possible. Like, it's it never fails. Um, and I, I think that, granted, that's a trope that we can talk about. But 
Um, for Marvel, it's always been Doctor Doom because if he checked his ego, he would be the deadliest villain on the planet. But <laughs> I guess you could also say that about like Doc Ock. A lot of these hmm. like B grade villains, or we like to call them, they're just like one step away from complete global domination. So I, I do like um, Doctor Doom for the Marvel. Uh, DC, it's always been dark side, but it's not the, for the obvious reason, everyone's like, oh, look, he's OP. Hmm. Yes, he is OP, and we all, but he's a cosmic level threat, as is like Thanos and blah, 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 blah. But it, it's the restraint that's what gets you, because he will sit there and he will just stand there and, you know, go into whatever his, his scheme is. And then he'll show up and he will just wreck shop if he has to. Mm -hmm. But he can be defeated. He is not nigh omnipotent. He is not, you know, the the hand of the one above all or, you know, right, whatever right. the character. So while he is ridiculous, he's a new god. He is a flawed new god in the respect that, like, he can be defeated. But if you know his origins, it's like one of those, like, really effed up origins. Like, you're like, I can see why he is like he is. Same thing, like Doom and Darkseid have a very similar, I get their point of view. It may not be right, but I understand it. All right. Did you talk about your favorite heroes? Uh, <laughs> Iron Man would be the Marvel. Okay. Uh, DC, I do like Batman. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I did like Batman before they turned him into a bit of a knob. <laughs> a I, bit I liked... of a knob. Well, and uh, I say that because if you've, like we've been doing on the other podcast, right. Happiness and Darkness, we've been kind of binge watching a lot of the DC movies. Mm -hmm. You realize, at least in the movie perspective, everybody's smarter than Batman. Like they are just there to fuck with him. Like you don't realize it. Like in the comic books, he is much smarter. In the yeah. cartoons, by far. He gets, yeah, he gets outsmarted by like the Riddler, the Joker, like literally everybody. Like, you know, what? the what long Halloween. In the long Halloween cartoon, literally everybody knew who the bad guy was but Batman. It's like, fuck, are you serious? Like, the Joker even knew, and he's just in there, like, laughing his ass off, like, <laughs> this is nice. gonna be great. And nice. you're like, seriously? So, mm. when he finally, when he started getting outsmarted by everybody, you're like, so basically, the guy who's prepared for everything has been outsmarted by every, literally everybody. So it's like, mm. he, he's kind of fallen a peg or two in my book. Uh, I do like what they've done with the Superman clan. Mm -hmm. His Superman's son has taken over as the Superman primary in the universe. So I like what they've done with that. He's kind of picked up the mantle. And I I would have liked to have seen him as a younger Superman. So him and Damien can, you know, mm -hmm. grow up together. It is what it is. So the age you know, jump. Yeah, the, the age uh, jump was kind of crap. We were like, yeah, we're I wasn't a fan of that either. That's actually when I was reading Superman and Superboy for a little bit. I was like, yeah, he's going to be Superboy. I, and I liked it because they had their own set of villains. It was like Teen Titans, but just those two. They had Titan versions of the character, and it just kind of... Uh, it was such DC a was like, yeah, 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 Bringing like, in the nope. mystical grandfather to age you so many years, so now you're a teenager. Hit that market. <laughs> and then they keep like flushing out his backstory more. Now it's he was... Trapped on Earth 2, getting the shit beaten out of him by evil Superman. <laughs> uh, and it's like, dude, yeah. seriously. Like, yeah, that's too, oh much. too much. <laughs> so, as for me, 
Uh, by the way, I'll, I'm I'm very happy that no one said like Harley Quinn or Poison Ivy or Calendar the cliche Man. character. Oh, Calendar Man. Well, Calendar the Man original is... Calendar Man was campy as shit. Yeah, they decided to revamp his powers when they did the new Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and they actually made him like no one said Bane or anything like that. And you're know, like, and that and that's good because because you know I actually I know very little about uh, any of those characters. Uh, but so to get back on track, my, uh, yeah, what's that? Uh, my favorite, my favorite hero from the Marvel universe is I'm going to, I'm going to have to agree with Jason here. That's going to be Spider-Man. And the reason that I say that is just cause like, I don't know, like I, I love reading his books, you know, they're so like he makes all of his funny, stupid little puns, and the the things are so colorful, and there's so much action, and there's so much going on. I like characters like Thor and Doctor Strange. The only issue that not an issue, but like the only thing that I don't so much like about it is that it requires a lot more focus for me. And it's like, eh, I'm reading a comic book. I don't want to be that focused, you know. So you know that that's just me. So. Uh, I will say Thor has been playing the long game with their comic book series. That's yeah. another one of those runs that I've had for the last couple of years. I picked back up well. when Thor became worthy again. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's another one that they they've they do a reboot, but there's a purpose to the reboot. I guess so. It's a different, for lack of a better term, chapter in his life. Hmm. So that's kind of how you have to look at it. And even the writer has said as much when. He was worthy and became unworthy. That was a different chapter in his life and him becoming worthy again and him becoming high father and so on and so forth. But yes, Thor is definitely one of those, like, I will wait to read a chunk of the comic book because there's so much crap going on. I'll read like four or five issues just to... Wow. I can't hold up like that. (laughs) I get it. I got to read it. So um, I guess the in, in the next question, I guess you'll find out why my answers are kind of uh kind of different from from you guys except for the spider-man answer um my favorite villain who the hell is there there's so many crazy ridiculous villains that some of them i find funny like the green goblin and uh (laughs) uh i mean i like dr doom that's a that's a pretty typical one you know uh I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to probably say Doctor Doom as well, because like you said, Keith, he gets in his own way almost every time. Where it's like he, I I don't even know. Like he he just like there's something there, some like subconscious thing, every single time that stops him from taking over the universe because of some bullshit like uh, uh ego thing. Right now, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything specifically, but yeah, that's I I I I love flawed villains. I love villains that are just like they could be everything, but because of one minor mental setback, they are never anything. They they are they're a threat. But then it ends up being nothing. Uh, DC, it's got to be Batman and Joker. The original. The 1930s to 1940s 
Batman and Joker. I just, I love all of it because it's so dark and it's so just like, damn, man, they are putting this out. And this is just crazy to read. And what I'm reading is, is like more than 80 years old at this point. And they were already going for it. And this was entertainment. This was the kind of thing that children bought. <laughs> hey, let's buy it. Let's buy a comic. Um, I don't wish Robin was ever there. Now that may be which Robin? Any Robin? Just Robin in general? Just Robin no in general? Like, there's there's no reason for Robin to be there. He may be now. Keith and Jason, like, tell me, tell me if you agree with this. Robin might be the Watson to Batman Sherlock Holmes. What, what do you think about that? I, I can see that a little bit to an extent. Yeah. So th that could be why he's there. They made him just like really boring and like really just like uninteresting to read. But this way, Batman gets to have dialogue about what's happening to, you know, to provide exposition for the reader. That's what it seems like. Uh, well, the, I would say Robin is. Hmm? Sorry. I was going to say, I guess I've been more of a current Batman reader. I guess okay. he's on, so it's been... I don't know, I think the Robin story's been pretty good. Some of them have been... Uh, I mean, they, they needed him. I mean, I, yeah. okay. Bruce needed him. I mean, I don't think it wasn't even a Batman thing at first. Bruce needed a... He needed a, almost like a son. Ah, and son. Then eventually it became his son with Damien. Hmm. All right, so <laughs> I got a... Plenty of plenty of Robins. I got a I got a couple more questions and then I'll and I'll set you guys loose and uh Keith you can go back to sleep. I I, I know you're looking forward to it. The best part of my day. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll start with you, Keith. What if you have one is your favorite decade of of any comedy, like DC, Marvel, whatever? Ooh, that's that's a tough one. The the current decade for Marvel has actually been pretty good, um, especially with the revival of the x-men because they've done so much granted they're kind of going a little over the top of the x-men mm -hmm. now but i i do like some a lot of the stories i do i've gotten into a couple more of the characters like with thor dr strange and so on and so forth uh for marvel dc it's kind of a coin flip because you know they they I liked the New 52 for certain parts. And I know a lot of people hated New 52. But I jumped on DC. Yeah, and some people jumped onto it at Got New 52. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Flashpoint. That was a cool story. And, you know, that's the latter part of the thousands. Um, I liked, and you, you're going to laugh at me, Jason. I liked Skinny Lobo because he seemed more <laughs> of a badass instead of <laughs> Fat Lobo, who just was comedy relief. He was the Deadpool yeah. of outer space there's no ah. other he's just deadpool where it wasn't lobo though i felt like they should have just given that character a different name it was so different but see that was kind of the point though is because he i know was the, but the i needed real, my the, frag the... i wanted to hear frag key nah, 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 <laughs> no i i was fine with and i i know i'm in the minority everybody liked classic lobo i liked <laughs> yeah. assassin lobo who was more you know uh deadpool not deadpool a uh, death stroke that's more of a yeah. badass because that's what he was. He was the, the head of guards. He was, you know, the guard of the royal family, blah, blah, blah. So he had seen some more shit. Like, you get a he more traumatic... His job but, he was... <laughs> but he wasn't... 
that's the point. Though, oh, that's like, what well, I was... came in expecting. I guess that's why I was so mad about it when it came out. Right, and that's what a lot of people, because you were the classic, quote-unquote, classic Lobo, where he's this yeah. smart-ass, beer-drinking. He's um, the Steve Austin, to quote a wrestler, of the DC <laughs> Universe. You know, he's sitting there banging heads, drinking beer, where you're like, I can't take this guy seriously. And yet somehow he magically always murders everybody or always something, something or others, because, again, he's the Deadpool. So no matter what happens, it's always going to go break his way because he's the comedy relief. Where young skinny Lobo, he's seen some shit. Mm. So that's he's got more trauma behind him. And when you kind of see him, you're like, man. And you know his origin. You're like, oh, okay, I can see why he is how he is. Well, maybe they've combined uh, combined that both now with the uh, Lobo's daughter, Crush. I don't know if you've read any of that, but I have not read Crush. I know yeah, who you're talking Crush about. Crush Lobo is like a six or uh, six to eight issue miniseries. It's definitely, mm. a, definitely worth a check out. You might, like, you might get onto the Crush character. I'm I'm throwing myself under the bus here. <laughs> what you two are talking about, I have never heard of any of these people. So <laughs> anyway. Um, you wanted comics, John. We brought comics. <laughs> I, I get to yeah. read the you, comics. You want a comic reference? We brought comic yeah. references. That's, hey, you know what? You guys are the best. I oh, for something like this, I always want to be the least experienced person in in the meeting. So anyway, it's the story of my life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now you're more experienced than I am, Jason. Your favorite decade of the comics, the comics. Mm. I think I have to agree with Keith. I definitely looked fondly back to the 80s and 90s because that was kind of my high high days of collecting. You know, I was a kid going out and finding stuff. But as an adult, I, I got to say, the last decade or so has been great. I mean, a lot of indie comics, too, have been blowing me away. I've, I've kind of, with the exception of Batman, that's really the only DC comic that I read regularly. Marvel, I have a bunch of titles, but the indie books have just been pulling me in. There's so many great stories out there on, uh, on the image and boom side that I've just been... Kind of not even reading all superhero stuff, so I've been getting into nice. and the last. I gotta say, last decade, the, the new writers out there really they're, they're on fire. Sweet. As for me, and my, I'm I'm glad that mine is different from the two of you, uh, although I'm not surprised. My favorite is 1960s Marvel. Uh, that's because so this was back when you know the cartoons were drawn. Uh, you know, they didn't have the technology to draw the cartoons all, like, realistic-like and all that stuff. So the cartoons were drawn uh, like cartoons, you know, and, and I feel that that's what they should look like. They should look like cartoons. They shouldn't look real, uh, or at least that's my preference. And, uh, you know, the 70s Marvel, they started getting a lot more serious and then all of a sudden, in the 80s, <clears throat> everything just got so stupid. So, like, and, and the drawings, like, the panels were enormous. And they were like, it would take you three minutes to get through a single comic. Because I don't know what they were thinking with those comics in the 80s. But 60s, number one, 70, 60s Marvel, number one, 70s Marvel, probably number two. And then '80s Marvel. Some of it, some Which of it, 80s like books are these, John? what's that? Which '80s books are these? A uh, Chris Claremont book would take you about twenty minutes to read sometimes. Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just uh, going based on my limited experience. Yeah. Which is, which is going to be funny when I answer my next question, 
I'm I'm basically gonna be opposing myself. But uh yeah, this is this is what I say. But my favorite by far is 60s Marvel. I, I just love it. I love the I love the humor. I love the stories. I love that it's a creative, clever story mixed in with fun humor and and like cartooniness. And then uh, that's that. So let's see. I'm going to start with you, Jason, for the final question of the night. Your favorite multi-book story, like, you know, parts one through four in a limited series. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. So just to touch back on what you were saying before about the 80s being silly, I mean, definitely, mm -hmm. I feel like they had their crossovers, like Secret Wars and the Evolutionary War, mm -hmm. but it felt like those books were kind of just made to, to sell toys at the end of the day. Looks like that hey, was their plan. I, <laughs> I made reference to Evolutionary Wars last night during our uh, Gardens of the Galaxy podcast review. But Nice. But as far yeah. as, you know, other crossovers go for me it's always been the infinity gauntlet i probably pick up my trade paperback and read it like probably every year it's been worn out so many times i still have my original comics but those are in bag and boards not to be touched but you know just the whole that whole crossover was fantastic i thought just jim starlin just everything about it thanos the whole they brought every single marvel character into that and mm -hmm. that was a little disappointing part if you want to talk about the mcu as a comic uh, you're like oh my god wolverine's supposed to be doing that why is he doing that or just you know I don't know. We get a little yeah. mad that are silly, but I still enjoyed the movies. I'm not going to get crazy about it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Keith. <sighs> I've read so many crossovers. My brain hurts. Right? Um, <laughs> so recently, a, a recent story they did in the X-Men, it was a handful of years ago, called The Battle of the Atom. And that was a good one because it was only so many issues and it was very self-contained to those, I think it was like five or seven issues. That was a good run. Um, Powers of X, that was a, an, a good one when they kind of kicked off the resurgence of the X-Men. That was a good story. DC, I'm having a hard time thinking of any. I've, for my crossovers, although that's not true, um, what's the the one they just finished in DC? Couldn't tell the last you. one I read was the Leviathan event. <laughs> oh, geez, that, that, that's the other, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, their events. <laughs> Yeah, the one, the one that Batman who laughs. Um, that story was a good one. The first one they, they kind of dragged on a little bit too long. Oh, uh, Dark Metal. Uh, yeah, Dark Knight uh, Metal. Metal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, I lied. I read those too. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. So those are probably my my two most recent ones that come to mind. Secret Wars two actually wasn't terrible. I actually liked Secret Wars two. I thought that was a good one. Uh, and that was 2015. Secret yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's, and that's oh, when I thought you see God Doom. Sorry, I yeah. thought you were talking about Secret Wars two from like nineteen eighty five or six or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the other with the Beyonder. No, I'm talking yeah. about the more recent one where uh, Doctor Doom became Lord Emperor God Doom mm -hmm. or whatever the heck his weird monarch was. I believe and that he... was his name. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. This and the Beyonder's back. We've come full circle again. Exactly. Yeah. It was just weird. Hey, Beyonder and the Watcher. But, anyway, I'm but, sorry, guys. That was another one where, you know, Doom was literally running the universe. He was holding yep. everything together with all the powers of the Beyonder and the Molecule Man and Battle everything World. like that. Yeah, Battle World. And, you know, um, what's-his-face Fantastic comes creeping in and solves all his problems in, like, 30 seconds. I'm like, seriously? They say, they say the whole point of that whole story was just to bring Miles Morales into the 616. Basically, yes. Well, I still is. enjoyed it. I mean, getting there, the whole ride there was wild. Even all the other events, the Ghost Riders, everything. 
<laughs> yeah, all the little mini, all the Thors, the yep. Iron Man, all that crazy stuff. That was it. Was a Weird cool world. thing. <laughs> exactly. You saw all the variant universes mashed together. So you uh, saw all the Thors, all the Iron Man. Marvel stopped their entire run, and it was mm -hmm. just this. It was the, that was the whole event. I mean, there was no other books coming out. You had to read this. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I okay. actually have a question for you guys. Well, let me. Uh, wait, do you need to ask it now, or? No, no, just in general, when we're, we're done. I just have a question for you guys. So. Oh, I'd, I'd love to answer someone else's question. That'd be A-OK -okay with me. So as far as me, now here's where I contradict myself. First of <laughs> all, because I say, uh, you know, I, I like the 60s through the 80s Marvel, and I don't really much care for it after the 80s. And then, you know, like the 80s are cheesy and, and you know, it takes like two minutes to read. My favorite multi-part story is also Infinity Gauntlet. Now, uh, it's a lot. That's the same. That was the ninety. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was 1991. So, mm -hmm. um, I actually I undertook something of a of a challenge, and I did it, and I and I made it happen. Not only did I buy Infinity Gauntlet one through six, the actual you know like story, the I bought. The originals, right? I bought, I found Silver Surfer number forty-four through fifty, right? Those were those were the ones, right? With the foil cover, fifty. <laughs> yeah, but it was only there were like a bunch of issues, right? Like it was forty-four through fifty-nine, right? Or, or or was it fifty? It went on for a while, I believe. Yeah, right. I, 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 it, <laughs> one way or another, I I have all of them. I'll I'll check and I'll you know um, get back to us. Yeah, and I'll and I'll and I'll let you know what the what the actual thing is. And uh, you know, I got the Doctor Strange issues, I got the Hulk issues, I got all of the issues that were considered to be part of the Infinity Gauntlet story. I'm very proud of it, and I love the story. I mean, some people say that they're not super happy about the ending of Infinity Gauntlet because the ending was basically like, yeah, kind of like nothing ever happened, but. You know, what are they supposed to do, right? So but the ride getting there was fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, the ride getting there was incredible. So it was a lot of fun. And there was there was a, there was what, like three panels with Spider Man and that entire thing in the in all of Infinity Gauntlet. So, you know, that was fun. I enjoyed Infinity Gauntlet. I like Secret Wars. I like Secret Wars two. Avengers versus Defenders was a, was a big one for me. I really liked that one. Uh, but yeah, overall, Infinity Gauntlet from 1991. And so, Keith. Yes. You had a question for us. I actually have two now because you made me think of another one. Mm -hmm. So the first one related to what you were just talking about. What do you guys think of all the tie-in issues to a core story? So you have your... Mm -hmm. Five or six main issue story, and then you have 97 tie-in issues that you have to collect to get every corner of the universe. Do you think that's overkill, or do you think that's justified to have a million and one tie-ins? Do you think they should just stick to 10 to 14 issues or whatever it is, and maybe like one or two tie-ins to the core? Or should they just literally just spit comic books out? I don't mind it every now and then. But I can't stand when it's like nonstop, repeat, repeat, rinse, repeat. Here's another one. And when, when they do that, I just end up picking and choosing. I'll read the main event 
if there's titles that's already on my pull list, I'll continue to read them. And the other ones, I mean, unless the cover really catches my eye, I'll probably just be like, eh, all right, I'm sure I'll find out, you know, some somehow, some way. Well, what frustrates me about the tie-in issues, and, you know, like, I don't... Uh, so, I get my guess is that this is your second question, that, hmm. you know, that, that the one that, that I made you think of. Um, so, what frustrates me about it is that it has to be related to the main story, but it can't push the story along in any way. So it pretty much just has to be isolated. It has to be a byproduct. It has to be isolated in time. There was, um, I I recall specifically, there was an issue of Secret Wars 2 where uh, Peter Parker, like someone turned an entire building into gold. And, you know, like he wanted to steal like a gold notepad. And like he was having this like really, uh, you know, like like the internal struggle, internal struggle with his conscience about it. And it was like, you want to know what happened? Read Web of Spider-Man number whatever, whatever. And man, I read that and it was super disappointing. It was like, okay, I don't know. I don't even know why I just read this. So I, I hope that not all tie-in issues are like that. But it seems to me that tie-in issues are just like, you know, we, we put out one issue a month. But there's also going to be like five or six other things that you can read that are related to the story just to keep your interest. And it seems to me like like that. Yeah, like that's what's happening. I'm the same way. I picked up. I really would love to remember the story. It was a DC story where basically they rebooted Earth 2. That was the long and short of the entire story. But it was like Mm -hmm. 64 issues. And I picked up the whole thing. And the last issue was like, okay, we have Earth 2 again. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Like, that was the whole point of this? Like, what the... Like I've all the tie-ins, like yeah. everything. It's like this whole showing you the multiverse and the whole everything, and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, now we have Earth two, and I'm like, you literally could have done that in like four stories, like that yeah. just. And so, and that kind of Miller. burned yeah. me on some of these stories, where you know there's too many side. Like if they announce a story and then they have a card to tell you all the issues you have to pick up. Oh that's, god, that's yeah. why I like overwhelming. Yeah, that's why I like Battle of the Atom. It was. Five or six yeah, issues, I just yeah. can't remember off the top of my head. And it was literally that's it. Like, you just picked up these issues, that was the story. I think then... it crossed through uh, X-Men and Uncanny at the time. Exactly, but they had issue numbered. So it'd be like, Uncanny, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be like, battle issue number four, and you're like, cool, I know I only need these four stories. And they, it did eventually kind of pick up in the, the regular 616, where this was the end result of the, the kids from the previous X-Men coming to present day. They worked them in to get, they got stuck basically. They had but, it for a while. Too, they, they didn't yeah. leave for a while. For a while. No, they didn't leave for a very long time. It wasn't until Black Mirror or whatever the heck it was, the one story um, with the cosmic mirror and it corrupted yeah. Scott. And that's how Scott became how he is today. Like it took that many years. It was again another one of those long games the, where you had to the read. The of the two Scots. Yeah, it was kind of crazy how long you had to read for it. Yeah. Um, and my other question, touching since we just brought this up, is what do you guys think of retconning a character like decades after the fact? Uh, it, like like uh, Thanos? Yeah, like Thanos <laughs> or Batman or uh, how like Doctor Strange. Original Doctor Strange from the 60s was so OP they had to nerf him in his original run. That's how he got to like where he is. And they finally got like power creep where he gets back to where he is but mm-hmm. what do you think of retconning where you know a character you've known or uh, a fact that you've known all this time they just turn around and like tomorrow or in 
today's issue because it's Wednesday of Batman 2892. Mm-hmm. They really tell you that Bruce is dead and it's his like evil clone. And it's been like that for like the last three decades. I think it depends on the writer and how they're able to pull it off. I mean, I know a lot of people were really angry when they undid uh, Spider-Man and Mary Jane's wedding with the whole brand new day. But I thought those 10 years of Dan uh, Slott writing were just awesome. I mean, brought new ideas. We got introduced to the Spider-Verse. I mean, there were storylines that we just would never have seen again if they just kept it stagnant. I mean, you just couldn't have MJ and Peter together forever. They introduced new love interests. You know, just they had to keep, they, had, they had to reboot it for its time. And I, I thought it was done well. Although he does take so much hate for it, I, I see today. Even still, if you follow him on Twitter, he's still defending himself about Brand New Day. Decades later, and Decades what about later. you, John? So I only can think of one thing, and that would be this, the the Thanos uh, retcon. And I don't even call that a retcon. It's just like a they brought him back as you know, death. Death ironically brought him back. Um, I don't know why they didn't just leave him dead. After uh, Marvel two and one, when he was killed in that Spider Man issue, the the thing in Spider Man, and they killed Thanos. Uh, but you know, I suppose if he was a popular character, and he would be uh, exciting to have back, I don't see why not. You know, it, 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 I, I, if there's one thing I could say about the comics universe, it's that nothing is ever permanent. So. That's not true. Uncle Ben yeah. is still dead. Ah, yes. Uncle Ben and, is... And, and Alfred is dead as well. Spoilers if you didn't know and, that. And, uh, and uh, Clark Kent's father is, is also still dead. Uh, well, is he? I think he's still alive. He came back. Because remember, back. He, came, he was back from the dead. Or no, he might be dead again. I don't even know. Because he, he came back and he, that's how he kidnapped his grandson. Or not kidnapped. Took him on his outer space adventures. Because <laughs> dad wanted to have some quality time with his grandson. And forget his son. I thought for a second we were getting Alfred back last week. <laughs> not to be. <laughs> It'll be evil Alfred. It'll be evil clone <laughs> doppelgamer cyborg, half mutant something or other addicted to something. Well, see. yeah, that's my thing. I mean, you know, if it's popular and it's going to be successful, I guess why not? Sometimes I think that people try things that are flops that don't work. And the only uh, problem I can have with that is if they continue doing it despite its lack of popularity. Fair enough. Me. Yeah, I'll be I'll be down to do another one of these. Absolutely. Uh, but in the meantime, would like to invite Jason Gurin to uh, tell people where people can find him. You know, on Facebook, not your sure, address. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> New Jersey we somewhere. Don't want, we don't want that. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for having me, John. I uh, had a good time with you guys. You as well, Keith. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook as me. <laughs> I am an uh, admin of a group called Comic Book Villains. If anybody wants to nice. join, we uh, talk comics all the time in there. You know, we uh, tend to poke fun sometimes, but it's all in good, good natured. Nothing, uh, nothing mean or anything like that. Good people. Mm-hmm. And nice. uh, other than that, I mean, if you guys are in Long Island and you're looking for a store to shop at, I'll shout out my store uh, that I go to every week. It's called uh, Best Comics in New I Park. Nice. Keith? I live in a cave at the beach, <laughs> as John always likes to give me a hard time about. Um, I am. I can be found in North Carolina. I live about a mile and a half from the ocean. I hear the beach from my front steps. So there it it's is. A, it's a nice thing. Um, and that's where you can find Keith. And yeah, exactly. And that's where you can find Keith, at yeah. the beach. 
his pay and what nobody understands is I am pasty white, which ah. is ironic considering I live at the beach. Right. Um, I have a weekly podcast I do, uh, Happiness in Darkness. We review comic book movies or any type of movie that was based on a comic book. So this week we just did Guardians of the Galaxy. So you guys can check that out. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. We're on all your fun streaming platforms. We're on Spotify and Apple. So go ahead, check that out. You can drop a message on Happiness and Darkness. I, I'm myself or my co-host DJ Nick will respond to you anytime. Excellent. And as for me, Facebook, John Seymour, J-O-N space S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. This is where the tape over the microphone comes in handy. So that way people know it's an S and not an F. S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. Um, what am I doing? I'm sitting behind a drum set. I'm wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt. So if you find a guy with a Mickey Mouse shirt, that's me behind a drum set. Uh, email into the show. Be the first. Please be the first to email into the show. B-S-H-O-U-R, the number six at gmail.com. That's B-S-H-O-U-R, six at gmail.com. Don't miss Mad Tea Party, my band, my uh, party rock band, playing May 27th at Casa del Sol in Nyack, New York. Show starts about 8 p.m., a guaranteed good time for all. Metalheads Against Animal Cruelty Slash Neglect. My uh, my friend, my good friend, my, Ryan McCausland, Ryan McCausland, M-C-C-A-U-S-L-A-N-D, Ryan McCausland. He runs that project. He'll, like, sell you shirts and stickers and stuff, and it's, a, you know, a great cause. You know, talk to him about it. Find out what that's all about. Greg Vorab, he does Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. Listen to it. I am not a big Star Trek fan. But I've heard, uh, like, two or three episodes, and, you know, it's very well done. I enjoy it a lot, even though I don't exactly know what's going on. I, I find it... Why, Keith, why are you looking at me like that? Because it's just the fact that I feel like you would have, like, absorbed some of that by now, because you were on an episode. Well, I was on one episode because I watched one episode. So that means I really still don't really know the show or the movies or anything like that. Uh, but either way... Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. Listen to it. And that will be all for today. And so I will say goodnight, Jason. Good night, Keith. And good night to everyone out there. Good night, sir. Good night, gentlemen. Good night. Good night.